your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nutch on Live 95. Submitting your CV, your curriculum vitae, in hopes of securing a dream job can be nerve-wracking. But do you ever feel like you might be subjected to bias based on details like your name, age or indeed address? And a recent study by the African Professional Network of Ireland found that 51% of its members think that job applicants' names should be anonymised during the recruitment process. But is this realistic? And here to discuss is recruitment expert Graham Burns of CPL and communication specialist Fergal Deegan of Deegan Solutions. And you're both very welcome, gents. Good morning to you. Morning, Joe. Morning, Joe. So, Graham, do you think recruiters can be subconsciously biased against certain details on a CV? Uh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, the, uh, there, there's unconscious bias in, in, in the very fact that we, we have a CV. Um, if you look back at that traditional structure of name, address, date of birth, that what used to go on it. Um, so immediately the person reading that CV is building a profile uh, in their own mind based on their own experiences. So it, it is a very subjective uh, document. So removing the name and anonymizing the details on that definitely is one step away and takes that unconscious bias away. Uh, I'm not necessarily convinced that it's going to fundamentally change how people will read CVs. Uh, an experienced reader of a CV will obviously be able to tell from the contents of the CV that person's background, be it their experience or qualifications, where they went to school or college, that kind of thing. So, th- th- you know, I-, I saw those headlines there last week when that survey was was you know published um i think it's 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 a good step absolutely 100% but does it really create the level playing field that the uh, that the network who published it are actually looking for I, i'm not so sure i think that there's still a, a way to go but it is an improvement and it's a step in the right direction Right. And the thing is, Fergal, I mean, you know, outside of CVs and recruitment in entertainment, for example, people have changed their names over the years, haven't they? Um, Bob Dylan originally was Robert Zimmerman and Archie Leach, believe it or not, changed his name to Cary Grant. It's just two examples of it. Yeah, in modern society, no, Joe, I mean, name changing and and all different other events are happening. And as Graham was saying, the old tradition of the CV um, we all looked at it. We've all interviewed people uh, over the years. I mean, you can't... I mean, the dilemma for some people is getting to the interview table and judging then. I mean, we've all interviewed and we all have different techniques and some go on gut, some go on experience. But it's it's the person getting in front of the person to interview and that's where the dilemma is. And as you said, the biased... The address used to be a big one, not the name. You know, in in olden days, um, and it was terrible. And I would hope we've moved on from that. I mean, society has changed drastically, and you would hope that uh, you're not looking at a name and you're not looking at an address. You're looking at a person with skill set that suits you for the particular job. And both the problem with the person applying for the job is getting past the first phase. And and Fergal's spot on. Um, I'd always say it to to people that your CV is literally the passport to the next stage. So it gets you in the door. 
Um, and it, it, it's something that needs to be tailored for the job application that you're making or whatever it is you might be applying for. Um, you've got to think very carefully as to what content you put on the document. Um, fortunately, you mentioned address, Virgil, and I think that has definitely been something now that we've seen remove. You might get a mobile number and an email address uh, alongside the name, and, and that would be it. Um, but what, what people are highlighting now on the CV are their values, what they stand for, and hoping that they align to either the company, the organisation, or the person who's reading that CV. So it's it's adapting it all the time. Is date of birth completely gone? From yeah, CVs? yeah, that's 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 a complete no-no now. Um, not only is it a no-no from people who are putting CVs together, but it's a no-no from anyone who would be receiving that information at the far end. So it's one of the grounds for discrimination. No one, uh, no one goes near that now at all. But, but I mean, Fergal's point about instinct is a really interesting mm. one. Obviously, there are lots of structures and techniques, as you well know, you work in the area, around HR and recruitment. Is there a danger that in our efforts to do that, we have squeezed out the instinct that might give somebody the break, the chance, and they go on and do really well in the job? Uh, I I think there's a risk of that. Um, but I think in reality, uh, while, you know, we might tighten up, if you want to call it that, on the, the older type of structures in a CV or a job application process, we're actually opening the door, be it employers or people who are reading the CV, we're actually opening the door for the, the values and the personality of that person to come across. That's what the organisations are looking for. They're looking for people who will, you know, remember, how people made them feel than what they necessarily said and and it's be a team player be it interacting with customers they're the sort of skill sets that an organisation will look for hard to describe that in a CV and that's the challenge that we all face yeah because I mean you do love to hear and there are loads of stories like mm. this aren't there for around Limerick and elsewhere of people getting the break you know well Joy I do my own kiss uh, I never went to college and I know it's a, it was a different era and, and things. My education became the company that I worked for. I started, I learned, they put me through the ringer, I learned on the job. I, I had no paper at a particular time. Yet, my own daughter, per, persuading her to go to college to get the, the bit of paper, as I called it. And the bit of paper wasn't what it said on the paper. It was the discipline that she went to college and got a degree so that when she was sending a CV in somewhere, someone saw that this person had the discipline to go through four years and come out with the degree. Well, for example, I mean, like you've had a very successful career in media. Are you saying that if you were starting again, you would never have the original pathway you'd have to find a different way I don't think I would have got the break I think I would have found it hard to get to that first stage to sell myself because um, I just didn't have a qualification and I think that's where a lot of things have changed that as you said some of us do get lucky breaks in life and, and jobs are one of them and um, it was always funny when I used to read CVs I nearly went for the ones that weren't of high calibre to bring someone in to see could I give someone a chance. 
Yeah. So I, it's a different way of looking at it. I, I think Fergal's underestimating himself there uh, to a large extent. Um, I, You know, naturally times have moved on and, and the break or being in the right place at the right time or the right person reviewing the CV, um, that still happens in a different in a different way. It does. It, absolutely. It, 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 it absolutely does. Um, so, you, you know, you will still find people who are recruiting today who will, if you like, default to their values. And those values they've always had f- forever so it's not like they they just made them up as they go along uh, it, they're the things that people hold dear to them and, and are passionate about and that's what's really and the thing is Graham, I know different. from talking to people coming in here one of the really big efforts of the last few years is to bring back the apprenticeship yeah because it was always there it kind of disappeared oh absolutely and it left huge areas of our economy um, without the people required. Massive. Um, we're seeing that all over the place and you ask anyone in the construction sector and they'll say exactly the same thing. Um, you know, it was always looked upon you know, 10, 15 years ago that we go to college, as Fergus says, get that bit of paper. And I think we definitely from a, a career perspective overlooked people who um, and I'd love to see the statistics of who goes into college after first year or maybe halfway through second year and they put their hands up and they're honest enough to say, do you know what this is not for me. Maybe there's another way. And it comes back to that now complete flexibility of career and, and from talking to the likes of Joe Ledden and people like that in the regional skills forum, mm-hmm. you know, there's a myriad of opportunities and there's, an, you know, for example, they'll be showcasing the apprenticeship channel uh, in the next couple of weeks. There's a big campaign to highlight, you know, the benefits of that apprenticeship. And I completely agree with you. We don't have to just default to the CAO all the time as our route forward. I mean, one of the big issues in uh, the economy is chefs and you know you need the expertise of course but you can see how an apprenticeship works there but you also need a particular personality to work in what can be a very pressurised environment in a restaurant Yeah I'd say if you're a qualified chef you're amazing because you do the pressure and remember get one bad meal wrong and, and, and it goes out, you're in trouble and you can watch, you watch some of the programs uh, on TV and everything else and they have the, the, the competitions for the chefs and everything but that's a passion and, and again it's a skill and a trade, you know you're going back to um, the days when it used to be called the group certs, the junior cert now, but the amount of people you got to that stage and you went and you did your apprenticeship you didn't go and do fifth year or sixth year or leaving cert, you started your trade hmm. and, and as Graham said we're losing that bit there and and it would be great to see and I think it's a pressure society as well more so than anything else um, that this this thing and parents we're to blame sometimes that we want mm. our kid to go to college but there's nothing wrong college is not for everyone mm. and then you get your junior cert like in your yes apprenticeship and, and they're crying out the construction industry as Graham said they're crying out for people yeah. and, and obviously there are certain roles and professions that need a high level of formal education you know ultimately you do not want a surgeon operating on you who hasn't gone through <laughs> all of the various phases but there are lots mm. of different jobs out there that where it can you know entertainment is, is a classic example yeah. but only one when you talk about CVs and tailoring them and how important mm. that is when we say an anonymized CV, what do we mean actually? 
Well, I suppose in the in the limited knowledge that of reading those reports over the last while, it's literally taking the the name off the CV, and maybe even taking some of the companies that the organ that that person has worked for off the CV. Because really, what's important are their uh, are their values, as I mentioned, and the experience that they would have gained in in previous jobs. Uh, and and to your point, in terms of the opportunities that open up for people, for example, you mentioned uh, we do. A lot of do a lot of work in the tech sector, um, and you know traditionally they will look for people who've gone and done computer science or software engineering at third level. But now we're beginning to see, well, yeah, that that's that's a good to have. But we want people who are creative, who understand what the customer wants to see when they open their app or open up their IT system, and so that creativity and that visual experience and and customer satisfaction that the end user who's paying for the service wants is a really important part of their delivery. So we're now beginning to see people who have arts backgrounds and creative writing background coming to the fore in a lot of these sort of tech organisations. It's probably still very important that we, you know, the media highlight people who did things differently and went on to great success. You know, I, I mean, I'm thinking for an obvious one in the Limerick context is someone like J.P. McManus, but there are many, many others who find ways to make a big contribution in the world in the non-traditional manner. Yeah, and you hear lots and lots of stories. I left school in sixth class or I left school in second year or left school and they've gone on and made a success. I I, I remember the old days, you, you could do night classes. So mm. if you weren't inclined and you wanted to work during the day, opportunities arose where you could study at night. And there's many a person Absolutely. who went that route and have been very, very, very successful. Yeah. And the other thing we find here, you know, I and mean, we have an internship program on the journalism side with the University of Limerick that's been running for a very long time. And that blend of seeing how things work in the real environment alongside study, you know, that's so important. Oh, yeah. Um, that learning on the job and taking that knowledge into your studies and adapting the studies to, to, to reflect the job is that lifelong learning. As it says, it's lifelong. It never stops. And anyone who thinks that every day is not a school day, they're the actual candidates now that are, you know, struggling. They're the ones that you know, are not performing as well as someone who has maybe got a different or diverse background and is looking to move into an organisation that traditionally may not have hired that sort of skill set. Um, there's huge uh, transferability of opportunity from one sector into another. What are the com- those companies looking for? That core skill of, you know, those positive characteristic, good team player. Now, getting that on the CV is the challenge. So anonymizing it, yes, is a help, but that's ultimately the challenge. And we should say, and unfortunately, uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've been reminded that there are job losses in our yeah, economy, yeah. economy as well as expansions and new businesses uh, setting up all the time here in Limerick and around the country. But as a nation, we are at full employment. So there should be opportunities out there. Absolutely. And there are opportunities. Myself and Fergal were only just chatting off air. And, you know, particularly here in the Midwest, um, we've seen, yes, you're right, the, the not so positive news in, in recent weeks. But that's still underpinned by, you know, solid, strong growth. Um, the investment track record that's come in in the multinational sector here in the last year, year and a half will underpin so much. You still have that a strong surging uh, indigenous and SME sector as well that underpins so much much of what's going on in that multinational sector so I'll be very positive yeah
I mean, Fergal, in your lifetime, for example, you've seen so much change in Limerick. Where do you think we're going in the next 10, 15, 20 years? Let's see, we've, we've come from a place of <clears throat> basically where people didn't want to come to, to know to a place where, as Graham says, like the investment down here in the Midwest, the fact we've all the universities, the skill set is here. Um, it's amazing. Um, you just go out and you look out at Raheen and all the buildings gone up again and you have more more multinationals coming to town. So it's a great place to be. The old, I suppose, one, and we, again, we spoke off air, is accommodation and people coming to work. Where will they live? How will they afford it? But that's not just in Limerick. That's that's everywhere. But we, we have grown and I think we're still continuing to, will grow and the investment in the Midwest is huge. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, thanks for that. And I think a key point is don't be disheartened, you know, because the truth is we have all been there. We've mm-hmm. all applied over the years for various jobs and dealing with the disappointment is part of yeah. the resilience and learning and, and moving on as well. And then the opportunity arises where you least expect it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. All right, guys. Well, listen, thank you very much. It was really, really interesting. Um, and uh, we'll podcast this and uh, also uh, some of it on video you'll see on our social media as well a bit later on. Uh, thank you to Graham Burns of CPL Recruitment and Fergal Deegan of Deegan Solutions. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nett on Live 95.